This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. It is now 12 p.m. and you are listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Hello everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by, for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. Uh, so today I'm here with my very good friend, friend, <laughs> friend. <laughs> so today I'm here with my very I'm good a fan friend. Of yours. <laughs> Very good friend, Fine Lavoni Koloa Matangi. Um, so we've been friends for a while, you know, with the Asian New Zealand Foundation and whatnot. Um, so I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Kia ora, Fine. Kia ora, Arena. Um, thank you for having me here. Thank today. you I'm so excited. much. <laughs> and I am a fan of yours, so I'm really That was correct. <laughs> that was such a funny intro. Um, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, so yeah, um, and I'm just really, really happy. So I've just said I'm born and raised here in Aotearoa, living with my family in Tamaki, Makoto, and I'm currently studying towards my PhD in art history at um, Waipapa Taumataro, University of Auckland. And I'm very happy to be here to talk about all different things, but especially K-pop. Yes! <laughs> Surprise! We're going to talk about Surprise. K-pop! <laughs> no, it'll be J-pop. We're going to change it up now that yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Surprise the listeners. Yeah, because I didn't mention anything about K-pop. But yeah, funny thing is, we're going to talk about K-pop today. Um, So it's a mix of different cultures, you know, being Malay, being a Pacific Islander, talking about um, K-pop. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the moment I met Fine, um, I just found her really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell us about your studies. Yeah, so I'm, um, I study art history, and I am in my second year of my PhD, and I'm looking in my thesis at K-pop, uh, visual culture, and how that's part of its appeal for Pacific people. So I'm, I'm Tongan, which I should have mentioned before as part of my intro, um, but I'm looking at basically Pacific people's interest in K-pop here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And so um, it's it's exciting. It's at a weird stage at the moment of my PhD, but it's a, it's a good space to be. I, I'm excited to be studying k-pop because it's different from from my other studies that i've done in the past yeah and this is one of the research that i would love to read about you know i'm not much of a reader but (laughs) if you're studying i'd love to read the thesis when it's done (laughs) (laughs) do you know around when you're hoping for it to be done um i'm scheduled to finish next year uh sort of so but because of covid and everything i think i'll probably get like an extension well i'm not sure but i'm hoping i get it done sooner rather than later yeah so that um i can talk about k-pop some more yeah. in, in a more academic light. <laughs> 
that that's interesting, right? Because K-pop is usually an entertainment thing, but here you are talking academically, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange thing because yeah. I'm I'm a K-pop fan, so it's weird to be writing about something that I really like. <laughs> yeah, but that's the fun of it, though. That's the joy of it. When you're interested and you're passionate about that. You're more likely to excel at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When people say, "Oh, study something you like," I'm like, "Oh, during undergrad, we kind of just did things that you know, because we had to do it, right? We had to do certain courses for our degrees." Yeah. But now that I have, to, like, I'm able to choose what I want to study and and talk about. It's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really good. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about that. Your journey towards, you know, what you're studying now. <laughs> I, um. Did you always know you were going into art history? Um, so art history was my third major. Um, I, I did a law and politics degree um, oh. at University of Canterbury. So I do have, yeah, I, I spent some time in, in Ōtutahi um, with my family. And art history was a break <laughs> for mm. me. So uh, I thought I was going to do diplomacy. Like I wanted to sort of be a, I wouldn't say politician, but definitely in the sort of foreign affairs um, vein of things. I thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then I finished the degrees. Um, and then I, I, I sort of, went off uni a little bit I, I worked for a little bit as well and then I came back and I was like I don't want to do law and politics <laughs> anymore mm. and I thought oh why don't I just you know um, rejuvenate this interest I have in art history as, as, as it was my third major and then I came back and did my honours in it in 2019 and um, here I am doing my PhD in it so it was a bit of a long winding journey but, exactly. <laughs> but I got there in the end to what yeah. I wanted to do. And good for you for wanting to venture the other part of you that you didn't realize was there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same because especially with something like K-pop, like even that's a bit far field, like far, you know, when you're yeah, talking about yeah. things that you you have to study. Like I, I always thought even with art history, you'd study things that people know about, like, you know, the huh. Da Vinci's and the Michelangelo, you know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the classics. Yeah. And stuff. Um, but no, my my supervisor was like, why don't you just do something to do with what you like, which is K-pop? And I go, I can study K-pop. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That must have been a shock for you. Like, oh my God, you can do that? You know, people yeah, do I that? Almost, yeah, I said, are you... Are you lying to me? <laughs> it sounds like a joke. It sounds like it sounds like a professor yeah, was just I'm like, like Are you sure? And she goes, Yeah, bring it in. And I'm like, But it's like my personal life. And she goes, Yeah, the PhD is a very personal journey. And I'm like, But are you sure people are going to want to read about K pop? And she goes, It's in now. So yes. People it is in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of in a nutshell how I got to studying art history. Wow. Um, but I, yeah, but my art, actual art historical interests are actually Japanese art. So even that's a bit strange. Ah. To, to K-pop. <laughs> ah. And from Japanese arts, were you interested in like anime and stuff like that? Yeah, so I was interested in 19th century Japanese art. So just the particular, you know, um, ukiyo-e, you know, the woodblock prints, the oh. big wave. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, I was, <laughs> so I always, that's my reference point is that massive wave yep, of Kamagawa. Yep. That is what I was interested in. That's the kind of art. Um, Interesting. So I did my dissertation on a group of those at um, Auckland Art Gallery, Toyotama. Ah, Oh, that's so interesting from that to K-pop music. <laughs> the more I'm talking about it now, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't make up my mind. Uh, <laughs> what it seems like. But no, it's great. You know, it's it's very, like, it's a lot, you know, and, and somehow you found your way <laughs> through it. Somehow I found my way through to where I am now. Yeah. Um, but that's just part of life, eh? you know, like, you know, you, you sort of make decisions along the way that might not, you might seem good at that time and then they end up sort of misdirecting redirecting you in different you know directions and stuff so um yeah (laughs) what i'm very happy about is how hopeful this is for some people you know like you might think studying k-pop is like crazy but look at fine (laughs) but you're right because you know especially being like a k-pop fan like i know k-pop was already big in southeast asia anyway you know what i mean like coming through having k-pop interest in New Zealand is, is really strange I'd say mm-hmm. um, and even coming through being a K-pop fan it wasn't always accepted you know what I mean like people thought we were weird for being into K-pop with, exactly. you know 10, 10 15 years ago um, when some of us first got into it people were thinking oh <laughs> that's so weird why are you into K-pop it's so not the way to go it's yeah. really alternative very different yeah and you can't um, understand what they're saying you know exactly <laughs> why would you listen to it and the music sounds weird and the language is weird and I'm like no, but it's music, you know. It's the music. It. It's the beauty of it. You don't have to understand. No, absolutely. I can't even understand some of the English songs. 
I'm like, I don't know what those words are, you know? Um, yeah, but you're right, though. It's very, it's it's hopeful, like, and sort of thinking that other people can do this too, you know, in terms of their own passions. Yeah. Even if you're not Korean, you know? You yeah. Know, so you think K-pop was the domain of just Korean people, but it's for everybody to appreciate in, in the right way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something I also want to mention is that we are both part of the Asia New Zealand Foundation. That's how we met. Um, So do you want to tell us a bit about like your journey with the, sorry, your journey with the foundation? (laughs) Yeah, so um, Arena's right. Here I am talking about how we connect through K-pop, but we actually met through um, Tefito Tuhono, the the leadership network um, of the Asia New Zealand Foundation. I joined in 2018, Mm. I think, which was like a couple of years before you. Yeah join so i i kind of feel like i'm still relatively new to the network considering there are some people who've been a part of it for for a little while mm-hmm. um and i think sort of connected to what we've been talking about i applied for it because i i realized how i wanted asia to be a part of my career and my life you know like you sort of come to that realization especially when we're talking about if you're like someone who advocates for sort of multiculturalism or, or other, you know, connecting or appreciating other cultures. Sometimes in terms of your own culture, it can be hard to navigate those two different things. So it took a while for me to realize, oh, actually, I want Asia to be a part of my future. Um, and that's the reason why I applied for the, the network when I did. Because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, let's make that a bit more official. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I applied to join and I mentioned the K-pop thing. I'm pretty sure that's why they let me interview. Like, I... I <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna listen to this, but I'm like, thank you for being in this K-pop fan girl. Mm, they couldn't not like accept you, you know. It's so like so specific. Yes, and then there's only a few of us in the network that go, "Do you know this person who likes K-pop?" And I go, "Yep, that's one of my friends." <laughs> there's so not funny. many of us. You know, K-pop in the network. Um, so yeah, but it's been good. I, 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 it's been great to be part of the network. The opportunities are great. Um, as well but I think the best part is definitely the people and that sounds super cheesy but mm. some of the people I've met um, like yourself Irina, I've become really <laughs> really good friends with them like I count them as like family almost you know that's yeah. kind of the value of the network for me so far um, not sure about moving forward what what's going to bring but I'm, I'm excited yeah <laughs> exactly it's the friendships that we make uh, in the foundation it's amazing like I wouldn't met you if I wasn't part of the foundation I wouldn't know that there's a you know, uh, Tongan person studying K-pop, like, that's crazy. Mm. Absolutely. And the work that you do also, you know, and down in Otipoti, like, mm. that's amazing in terms of the, oh, because of course I said I spent some time in Christchurch, um, but even the regions and in terms of that South Island, North Island divide, I hear a lot about Auckland and Wellington, you know, or, mm. you know, no, no hate to our, our North Island cities, but <laughs> it's nice to see someone doing something, you know, different. <laughs> yeah, um, down here. <laughs> outside of our usual centres. <laughs> yeah. Usual urban centres. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Vine. Um, we might go on a song break because you know this is a K-pop <laughs> um, focus show, so we might as well listen to um, your playlist. Yeah. Oh, this was really difficult, Irina. Thank you so much for the challenge. She just told me if she goes, by the way, three K-pop songs, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like this is the first thing she should have told me. To. Yeah. <laughs> Save it for the last, you know, like two hours the before the interview. Punch, right, punch at the end, and I'm like, wow, thank you, Irina, for that challenge. Harder uh, than my PhD, this was. Um, yeah. So what did you bring us? Um, my, the first song I thought was um, Girls' Generation Into the New World. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's their it's it's their debut song and it's a nostalgic song for a lot of us K pop fans. Um it was released in two thousand and seven. And I think if it's if you're sort of thinking about like BTS, you know how they're so popular now. Um and, and their lyrics are quite uplifting. It's the same thing in this song. You know, it, it speaks to wanting a different world, a better, hopeful. It's hopeful, you know, we're talking about the word hopeful. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what the song does for us. So it's um it's quite an emotional song for <laughs> us K pop fans. And yeah, what a good song. World. What a good song to start, um, you know, this conversation with. Because um, if if I can remember, Girls' Generation was one of my first uh, groups as well. Um, I really like, you know, the boys and, you know, the catchy ones. Um, that's, that's yeah. a good song. <laughs> but my all-time favorite uh, Girls' Generation song would be Lionheart. <laughs> Nine Heart is such a good yeah, song. I, I still remember dancing to it. It's so nice. Yeah. 
Maureen, next time I see you, we're going to do a dance. Yep, um, we are. We're going to do a TikTok. <laughs> if Girl Generation was that group for a lot of um, us K-pop fans, the first group, yeah. kind of like the twice of our, well, I'm sad to say twice of our generation, but Girl Generation, mm. number one, you know, with G and Genie and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, iconic songs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll be right back after the song break. Um, thank you for the song that you brought for us today. That was a really good one. 
it's one of my favorites. So yeah, it's definitely the one that I go to if I need to sort of I need a bit of an uplifting kind of moment. It's yeah, that K-pop song. Yeah, very nostalgic. <laughs> it just brings me back to my child self. You know how you know the younger self things that people That's talk right. about these days. Yeah, if I listen to old music, I remember my old. Younger self and younger that, self. yeah, make me reflect Absolutely. on things. And um, you're but you're already young, Arena. That's the thing with me. I have to go back a bit further. <laughs> Another song to take me right back to when I was younger. We were in the same generation. <laughs> we listened to girl okay, generation. Yes. yes, yes, we are. Um, yay! That's exciting. So, um, I think on this part of the show, I'm really interested to hear about your cultural identity. You know, because we talk a lot about that and how somehow throughout your cultural identity journey, you found K-pop, you know. So walk us through that journey. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, cultural identity. Because um, that's, that's an aspect of my PhD that I'm looking at um, in terms of looking at our Pacific communities here in Aotearoa and how they came to like something like K-pop, which is completely seen as completely different from what they would usually like. Um and other people that I've talked to have sort of likened it to how a lot of, uh, well, it's not like it's the first thing that we've liked that's different from Pacific Island music. We have like other things like American hip hop or even other pop music, for example. Um, but I'd, I'm, I'm always of the view because we're talking about how with music having no boundaries and you don't have to understand the music to, to listen to it or to appreciate it. I, I think it's the same when it comes to your cultural identity. Like I, I'm of the view that if you're, sort of strong in your own cultural identity it allows you to branch out and appreciate other cultures as well um and, and it might be like a it's not like i'm set in my cultural identity in the fact that i know exactly who i am well, i do but in terms of i i, I can't change because it does it's i think it's a mutually beneficial um interaction so mm-hmm. i might grow as a tongan person here in aotearoa through my experience of being a k-pop fan it's 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 quite it's quite different and i and i think when i first joined um sort of the k-pop community a lot of us wanted to emulate K-pop stars. We dressed like them and wanted to sound like mm. them and we did their dance covers and they, that still happens now. But I think that the older we get and the more mature <laughs> we become <laughs> as K-pop fans, we bring our own selves to to the K-pop community. And a, a, a good example of that that I can think of off the top of my head is uh, you talked to Ashley before. Ashley is one of our friends in the network. I love and, her. Uh, she, <laughs> I love her so much as well. She, mm. she runs the Legacy. She helps her run the Legacy project, which she might have mentioned in her in her session with you as well. And a very visual part of Legacy Project for me is that when they do um, events, for example, that are K-pop related, they wear a katsu, which are like Cook Island headgear ah. um, from Cookie Airani. That's a very visual, visual representation of the Cook Islands for me. You know, like when I'm thinking about material culture and ah. I see something like the a, uh, a katsu, that for me is specific, right? But the fact that they've bought their own sense of cultural identity to K-pop and to the K-pop fan experience for me is quite mutually enriching. Like, yeah. you feel comfortable enough to bring your own self. Uh, I love that. Yeah, and they're not space. wearing like K-pop. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, they might even combine it. I've seen some people like sort of combine sort of more inspired things by you know ah. by, by K-pop stars and then combine it with some of their Pacific, you know, uh, cultural identity sort of attire. And so I think that's quite um, quite a good thing to to note. Uh, when it comes to our engagement with with K-pop here in in Aotearoa, and I think it is different because, of course, you being away from home as well, mm. and us being in diaspora here in in um in in Aotearoa, it's definitely created a kind of space for us to appreciate other cultures because we're away from home. You know, like mm. it, it feels like that. It's it's a I don't know how to articulate it yet. I'm sure it'll be in the PhD in a year or so. It's <laughs> kind of what I'm, it's what I'm thinking at the moment. I'm thinking you know the more that we are um it's not until we're away from home where we feel like we have to sort of hold on to it you know yeah you being away from home me being in diaspora from from Tonga even though I was born and raised here I still feel like a sort of an ancestral connection to that place um I'm I'm almost more Tongan here in Aotearoa than I would have been if I was in Tonga that's kind of you know if that makes sense (laughs) it, it does make sense like um once I came to New Zealand I realized how Malay I was and how different I was with my Kiwi friends. Like, sometimes I do things and then I thought it was normal. And they're like, oh, why do you do that? You know? <laughs> like, oh, you guys yes. don't do that here? <laughs> no, um, you're absolutely right. Because when, uh, we're talk, when we're, we have to talk about cultural identity in other spaces, and you might have come across this too, um, sis. Because 
it almost feels like we have to separate ourselves from ourselves. Yes. <laughs> because we don't really think about being cultural. We just are. Yeah. You, know, you are Malay and I am Tongan. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not like I'm being Tongan. It's just that I am. It's that kind of state of being. And it's like, oh, I have to think about it now. What makes me more Tongan and what makes me Dublin? But really, yeah, it's just accepting that that's what you are um, uh. or who you are or part of who you are. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to be in that state of awareness when you're, you know, just doing life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, she was a she was a classmate. I was waiting for uh, I think because uh, I had Korean friends at school and they I might have listened to K-pop through them, but I wasn't cognizant of it being K-pop. They didn't say, "Hey, listen to K-pop." They just said, "Listen to one of my favorite songs," and I'd listen to it. But it wasn't until this Filipino classmate who actually sat me down and we were talking about something. Class, I think we were talking about law tutorials and how much of a struggle they were arena that part of yeah. life I don't want to remember student <laughs> stuff yeah um, yeah I'm like mm, let's just remember the cool part of the interaction which was K-pop and she goes what are you listening to and we had I had an mp3 player <gasps> wow that is so nostalgic an mp3 player it was an mp3 player with no color and uh, it was it doubled as a usb you know oh yeah you those things <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, and then she said, what are you listening to? And I remember saying, oh, I think it was like Rihanna or Beyonce or someone like Alicia Keys or someone like that. Huh. Uh, and then she goes, uh, and she goes, oh, cool. And I go, who are you listening to? She goes, I'm listening to B, Rain, you know, Rain, um, the, the, the K-pop artist. Yeah, and I go, I've never heard of, who's that? And he goes, she goes, have you heard of K-pop? And I was like, no. And she goes, oh, listen to it. And then. I listened to it and that was the rest of yep. like she goes go and look it up on youtube and youtube had just come out like two years before that so it was oh. back in the land of 244 144p quality videos so wow. i went and searched it up and i watched it's raining by b and um that was it that... I, I, i liked it but it wasn't until i think a couple of years later where i realized some of my pacific friends liked k-pop that i actually became a fully fledged fan yeah wow It was the community aspect that got me into it more, I think. Mm. So how did you get into that conversation with your Pacific friends? Oh, again, it was one of, those, <laughs> one of those random things. I think we were going to... Like it was a performance for a Pacific event. Ah. And they were doing like a K-pop medley. Uh, ah. And so I think someone asked... They, someone couldn't be in the, the dance. So they asked me and I go... I know about K-pop and they go, yeah, we're K-pop fans. And then we all got <gasps> together in 2010 and we performed at this specific event oh to a K-pop medley. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, and that was how um, we all realized we all like K-pop. Yeah, like, you're <laughs> one of us now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm like part of the dance crew. Remember, I mean, they were good at it. I'm sure I was, that late edition showed on stage, but um, yeah, that's how I got, into, that's how I, um, got to conversing with them about how they were into it yeah wow so life-changing life i think in retrospect and i love how you remember all these details it's amazing <laughs> I, have to, i have to for the phd <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah you kind of have to though <laughs> yeah i know like, yeah. and also because it was so niche at the time k-pop um i feel like i need to remember it yeah yeah because it was something that other people may not have been into at the time huh um, Yeah, so I think yeah, it's important for me. Uh, to tell that story, I think. And I hope other people, other Pacific people are also encouraged to tell their K-pop fan stories. Origin stories is what people call exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so different. And like you relate to people so much from the first encounters of K-pop. Um, for me, I remember it, yeah. it was 2010 uh, when I came back from uh, New Zealand to Malaysia. Uh, he, when I was in New Zealand, people were listening to Baby by Justin Bieber, Grayson Chance. You know, they, it was that era. And when I came back to Malaysia, people were listening to K-pop. So I I was confused. Like, what are you guys listening to? Because everyone... On? Yeah, because I was in an all-girls school. So people were dancing at school. <laughs> people were actually doing that. So, like, oh, this is random. Why aren't you dancing to Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one was listening to Justin Bieber at that time. It was so weird. It's like, it's like I came from you know like a justin bieber 
country to a K-pop country. It was so country. weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's amazing. That was a good year for K-pop, though. So yes. Got into it at the right. Got into it at the right time. Yeah, did. such a good time. Um, but I didn't really go into it until lockdown this year. <laughs> No, not this year. Last year. No, two years ago. Twenty twenty. Two years ago. Oh my god! It was, was two like, years ago. I was nodding, being like, "Yeah, last year." And you're like, "No, two years." When was twenty twenty? It's twenty twenty two. Um, so that was my first time with K-pop. Um, through Blackpink, you know. Um, so yeah, I think one of my friends, my Hong Kong friends, you know, you had a Filipino friend. I had a Hong Kong friend who introduced me to K-pop. See, we love our friends for just exactly. you know branching out and being like, "Hey, listen to this." Oh, but through lockdown as well, like that's um, that makes sense. I know a lot of people got into K-pop through through lockdown. I mean, yeah. uh, for the first time, not you, because you were sort of already aware of it. And mm. into it. Um, it's so good. Mm. <laughs> yes, um, that's so interesting. And how, like, with your studies in K-pop, what is it that you're looking forward to? Um. That's a really good question, <laughs> one that I probably uh, don't have the answer to yet. Hmm. Um, but I guess it's just, uh, well, I hope through my research that I can offer new ways of looking at how people create communities around different things. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be around, well, it can be around anything. You know, people create little groups and friendship groups and communities around anything. But K-pop seems to have been that thing in the past 10 years that, Pacific young Pacific people, relatively young. I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> uh, have created around this one thing called K-pop, you know, and and looking at other avenues for community creation, and also understanding yourself in relation to a particular space. So, had I not been here in Aotearoa, I don't think, excuse me, I would have been able to be into K-pop as much as I was. I know these K-pop communities back home in the islands, um, but here, yeah, there's something about being in this. Uh, it's a, a, a settler colonial context that actually helps to, to foster that kind of, because the discussions that we have around biculturalism and multiculturalism actually do help in, in, in that way to foster mm. that kind of interest. Oh, I, that's what I'm arguing. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure if that's what's going to come through in the research. And yes. maybe, ask me a year later and I'll be like, Irina, what I said in the podcast was completely wrong. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but but you know you're a PhD student, and if you make that claim, you know I'll believe you today. <laughs> uh, until I see that being published, you know. Until I see that being published in writing, and I'll be like, okay, I was a bit naive. <laughs> That's not the way it works. But I guess it's the whole process of thought, you know, the thought process of yeah. um, learning, being open to learning, and also being open to to being corrected by different things. You know, mm. That's what I think now, and my current bias as a as, a old, as an older fan, but newer fans have something to teach me, I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah. Understandable. So, Fine. So, <laughs> so, Fine, while we're here, um, would you like to talk about, like, what K-pop groups are your favourite? You know, and, like, try to convert some of us who are listening. <laughs> that is a difficult... I'm, I've been saying difficult a lot during this whole session, but it is... You know what K-pop is like? I, I guess because we came through it with friends, you know, when a, when friends recommended things to us, right? Mm. Um, because K-pop is everywhere now. It's almost difficult to convert people to it, you know, because it's like everyone has their own biases and stereotypes about K-pop that they might not understand, you know, the cultural context that K-pop arose in, or they might just hear it from another person. Some people I've met actually absolutely told me that they hate it <laughs> straight to my face. They're like, I'm, like, I'm a K-pop fan. They go, really? I don't like K-pop. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. That's a nice way to meet you. Wow. <laughs> you know, some people are quite vociferous and, and they're kind of, you know, they're really passionate about not liking it, and I, uh... which is fine. Not that we're bothered by it because... yeah. Everyone's entitled to their own thing. And yeah, we've got music we don't like, you know, but we don't go around telling people about it. That's exactly it. We've got music that we might not like or prefer, but to be so, like, you know, passionate about these anti-fans. Um, but my favourite my favorite group is, is Big Bang, which is um, Big Bang and 21, so YG artists. So you would know with, with yeah. uh, Blackpink being a YG artist. Mm. Uh, and I think maybe because of my leaning towards more hip-hop R&B music, in general, it's probably why I ended up liking uh, Big Bang as mm. well. Uh, but all of those groups in that generation are amazing. Super Junior, Girls' Generation, even Donban Shinki, TVXQ, they're an OG K-pop group for a lot of us sort of outside of, you know, um, Korea, you know, that just came to K-pop. 
as well. I know BTS is super popular. So yeah. <laughs> BTS is the best entry point for people to get into K-pop. Exactly. I think. Currently, right? Like it's, mm. it's kind of, if you listen to BTS, a lot of people like BTS might've covered other people's songs, you know, like, and they're like, oh, I came here because of BTS. That's a good rabbit hole to fall down. Because yeah. <laughs> you end up finding other groups through, through BTS and their interaction with other um, groups at different award shows and huh. so forth. And like um, BTS, I think one good thing about it is that they collaborated. Like artists, artists yeah, well, yeah, no one. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, it's quite common, right, for K-pop artists now to collaborate with Western, sort of Western, yeah, um, in the general sense of the term, uh, artists as well, which also introduces the world to K-pop in a different way. Hmm. So um, that's why I think BTS really, and I'm not even an army, but BTS is is the best entry point for anyone into K-pop. Um, and shiny, shiny's mm, good too. Shiny's I'm just thinking good. of shiny off the top of my head. Yeah, they, they have some like classics uh, <laughs> that I think would get anybody into K-pop. Uh, and while we're talking about BTS, um, my I had a I have a sister, Alisa. So yeah, have I told you about her? Yes, you have. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Alisa, she she was the same as me. She liked Blackpink. You know, we were talking about Blackpink together. We watched the documentary together, <laughs> and suddenly she got into BTS, and she and she started to be like, "Oh, I listen to BTS now. I'm an army. I'm not a blank anymore." You know. And now she's like, "Oh, BTS. yeah, yeah." And well, she okay, guys. She's seven, so I'm not like really pissed <laughs> off by that. She and she goes on like, "Oh, BTS is better than." Uh, Blackpink, you know, <laughs> as if it was a competition in the first place, but they're also different. You know what it's like with uh, fan wars. I know your sister's yeah. young, but fan wars are they're hilarious. You yeah. know, I used to get bothered by them early on, but now when people are like, "This group is way better than this group," I'm like, "You can't just like who you can't like. compare. <laughs> you have to put other groups down." <laughs> huh. Exactly. Oh, that's so yeah, funny. But BTS, she's gonna have a good time with BTS. I think. Yeah. yeah, she's a long, long time. Yeah, she's she's not on TikTok as she's young, but I can see her like dancing, um, to the BTS music and making like performances. She also watches like, uh, BTS reacts to you know stuff like that. Oh, YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a YouTuber. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I do see her future. You know that way. I see her future very bright as a K-pop very fan. Bright. I can, we can say that. You know, I'm, she I'm might very do a, proud of her already. She might do a PhD in K-pop. <laughs> And citing a, a Dr. Fine in her. Might be like a future prime minister of New Zealand and be a K-pop fan. <laughs> I love you know that. I mean? like, yeah. And I love K-pop. Mm. <laughs> um, and hopefully by then it'll be like accepted. Yeah, you know, a normal people, thing. Yeah, Normal thing for, yeah. for people to like different kinds of popular culture. Exactly. Um, hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. And something about BTS as well, the music. Like it has very deep self-love meanings um i remember uh during the end of the year i did a k-pop music show where i just asked people for some recommendations and i just like listened to them while doing the show like i did not realize bts had such good lyrics discography yeah and also just their lyrics as well very deep meaningful um, which is what we love about K-pop. It's probably something about K-pop people don't um, realize. I, I, and there might be a misconception that a lot of these artists don't write their own music or they don't have a hand in, in their in, in producing their music. But BTS is one of the artists that do. You know, they mm. they do write their own music and produce it as well, um, and have very meaningful lyrics. I mean, K-pop can have not meaningful lyrics. I mean, yeah, all come across the ring ding dongs. <laughs> Um, Blackpink ice cream. <laughs> yeah, 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 ice cream. You know, I mean, there, there could be really not unmeaningful lyrics in K-pop, but that's fine. You, know, you can have both. <laughs> yeah, there's range, right? <laughs> range. It's diversity of content within K-pop. <laughs> exactly. Oh wow, that's really great. Um, something else I do want for us to talk hmm. about. Um, you know, before we start the show, you ask like, "Oh, how am I doing?" Like, oh, by the way, everyone, I've started working at the station again yeah. <laughs> after five months of working from home. Um, so mentally, I feel like I'm doing okay again. You know, like productively, like I can feel myself being human. Like I forgot mm-hmm. how to do makeup for a long time, but and then I did it again. Um, so you know, Fine, as a busy student. How do you take care of your well-being? And try not to mention anything about K-pop. <laughs> Dang it, because that was my first knock. Because <laughs> that was my first. I was like, listen, K-pop and it will make <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, 
No, because I mean, it's a lead into that. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people who say that K-pop will help their mental health um, in terms of being that space where it would be open for anybody to be a part of. You know, they exactly. welcome. You know, people who might have been um, in the what is the outcast? Sorry, that's the word. Yep, the yep. outcast at school. They sort of listened to K-pop and they found a community that was quite accepting. So I can see why K-pop would be yeah. um, of benefit to the well-being, music in general. Yeah, um, the social well-being side. Social right? well-being mm. side of things. Yeah, but. Um, for me personally, I think it's I think that the PhD in any kind of study we do that's arduous, like any kind of um, difficult sort of study, which I think the PhD really is quite yeah. difficult and quite confronting um, in a way. I, I'm still learning. I think it's the a- acknowledging first of all that you're not well, which is which is hard. You know, it's it's really hard for us to do in a, in a world where social media kind of forces you to present a certain image of yourself as being quite well put together you know um it's quite nice to see i would i would i would say messy but it's real right the real side of people who who might be struggling and it might be vulnerable in the, in certain spaces and so for me during this um phd process i've had to confront like what it is i really am sort of struggling with and like mm. I, and i do i mean i do advocate for self-care days and, and, and little staycations and months that's great I, I i like that um but I think it's also important to get to the root of, of why we do feel a particular way um, and just to sort of admit that we were not well. And I honestly, throughout this whole, like throughout the past two years of, of doing this degree, there's been a times where I haven't been well at all, um, you know, mentally in terms of my mental well-being. Um, but but I think that's that's part of the process, I, I, I think, of, of doing the PhD and it being so confronting but I do the the usual things I, I like to go for walks <laughs> um I haven't been out in a while but, <laughs> I, I do like to go but you like them I, yeah I, being you know being in nature um uh. it's, it's quite it's quite nice I need to do it more often it's one of my favorite things um to do and I, I and I haven't mentioned this before but my faith is a huge part of my well-being mm. so I, I definitely find it uh thera- therapeutic to, to to pray you know things like that you know things mm. that um yeah praying walking um, you know, going for in nature and just taking care of your, yourself. And it's quite hard for us in our collective cultures because we're all about our families all the time, you know? Mm. Like, um, And I think it does depend on the situation. It's just, I, I'm going to, so as an example, using my family as an example, if you have certain like cultural obligations or family obligations where you feel like you have to do something, um, sometimes your family could simultaneously be a source of good well-being and also not so good well-being mm. you know what I mean like it's one of the it's like a double-edged sword almost yep. where like, <laughs> you know I, my family can tire me out right and they really they do sometimes uh, but at the same time they could be my source of energy yeah. you know like and spending time with my nieces and nephews could actually be rejuvenating for me and good for my well-being even though they also tire me out <laughs> it's <laughs> so annoying it, to be both yeah, you know <laughs> yeah it's annoying <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's definitely a way of um, finding your own strategies to, to deal with that. Um, but as a busy student, I find that what works for me is just, yeah, actually admitting that I am I need some time off or, or a day off. And it's not easy at the moment. I can't really do that because sometimes you need to do things that you need to do at the same time. You yeah. know, sometimes when you're putting it off, it makes it worse for your well-being, um, not getting certain things done that I know that I can do because I'm a procrastinator of the highest order. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know. I could say yes, take those days off, but really, someone might be like, "No, Finet, you procrastinate a lot, so maybe actually do what you're supposed to do, and then have a break." And I'm like, "Oh, true, uh, <laughs> you know, don't put it off um, doing what you sort of need to be doing right now before taking the break." It's mm. good that you had someone to mention that to you, because like, what is the line? Like, you might think you need a break, but you don't know if you're putting enough effort to earn yeah. a break, you know. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's it, right? Because we know that taking a break is great. Like, you know, and that productivity, um, or COVID has taught us that it's, you know, being so productive and productivity is, is almost a myth, right? You know, sort yeah. of pushing yourself to the limit where, you, where you're mentally unwell, um, as well as, as unhealthy. But at the, on the other hand, uh, coming back from that, you kind of have to sort of look at yourself and be like, oh, no, but what is it that I do that, I, <laughs> that is actually quite harmful myself? You know, and I know because I'm a procrastinator. I, I, I shouldn't be putting things off because that's even worse for my mental, mm. my mental health and, and, and well-being um, if I keep putting things off and mm. not doing them uh, as one example. Mm. Yeah, it's it's good that you mentioned that because like there are things in my to-do list that I put off. I don't know if I would call myself a procrastinator, but if I put them off, I would feel so anxious just thinking about it. And sometimes there's like a day where I just 
drop everything and just focus on them. You know, yes, yeah, and you, on, get on that to do list. Yeah, yeah, and I would feel so good. You know, um, <laughs> I call them my brain dump list. Just thinking about what else do I have in this brain that's, you know, making me stop and think about them all the time. You do so much, Arena. I can see why you, <laughs> no, no, you deserve a break. You know. <laughs> I'm looking at you, I'm like, you're talking about that. And I'm like, no, you that to-do list. I Give that to me because I need to do something. <laughs> exactly. Like, I think that's just the same. You know, we're on the same boat. Like, we don't know what's the limit, you know? Uh, have we even done enough to deserve a break and stuff like that? Huh. Well, yeah, that felt well, good. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like a therapy session. <laughs> yeah, I didn't intend for that to be. Yes, but it is. It's like a. It's a work in progress, you know. Um, and recognizing that we, you know, we need to improve ourselves and things like that. Um, a lot comes with it, so it's not. It's an open-ended thing. Yeah. Well-being, I'd say, depending on who you are, and what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Vine, for being here today. I, you know, it's so interesting. I, I'm sure the people listening are finding this really interesting too. Like, wow, okay. Um, and I would love to have you back on the show. I feel like there's a lot more branches that we can yes, talk about. Yes. You know, not just K-pop. I would love like, to be on this yeah, like other things. Anything. Um, even when you mentioned anime, I was like, can we... yeah. <laughs> can we drop the K-pop and just talk about anime now? Can that be the next thing? I'd love to. Talk it will about be that. the no, next thing. Good. Um, to talk to you arena like thank you for the opportunity and the space to do so as well and i tend to babble on about lots of different things but you're such a good <laughs> i need to learn to listen better but you're such a good, you're, you're so good to talk to I love it. and i miss you as well so yes. we need to like meet up in person exactly well. i wish there would be another event where you know we get to meet and talk and you know whenever you're down in dunedin yeah my sister and all my family's in, in dunedin, oh so. yes yeah. yeah, my sister and all my nieces um, are, are down there. So uh, surely you, you want to meet me... your niece, right? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, do I really? No, <laughs> no, no I, I'd love to come down. I need to come down for a visit. It'd be a good break, I think. Yeah, um, from from Tamaki because Tamaki can be yeah, no, quite full on. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Even if I travel to Auckland, like. Um, and coming down to the I just feel like oh wow that was that was a good trip you know a one day trip <laughs> I, feel like to I, I feel like it was in a place <laughs> yeah and like days felt really longer in Auckland because there's so many things happening at the same time <laughs> I I, honestly I don't know how people do it like you know I, I almost miss Christchurch for that you know in terms of having that it's, it's slower it's better it's yeah the slow pace <laughs> life yeah. up here it's just so the pace is just too fast sometimes. Yeah. Um, for New Zealand, for Aotearoa, I know the other places in the world yeah. are obviously not <laughs> way faster. Yeah. <laughs> in the context of our country, it's exactly. Auckland is that chaotic place. So. Yeah. And before we end the show, you've got one more song for us. One, one more song. This is, this is difficult. <laughs> this is, again, it's difficult. I'm like, the oh, best one. Song of the last <laughs> I do remember. Okay, this is the last one I want to pick. Um, it's going to be quite off the cuff because it's it's yeah, it's depending on what we're talking about. And I recall us talking about K-pop before, and we both like IU, so I wanted to pick an <gasps> IU song. Yeah, yeah. I thought I go. Oh, let's finish off with IU. Um, Palette. I love Palette. Palette is such a good song. <laughs> no, I thought because depending, you know, we're talking about what we're talk- we've been talking about um, as well, and that's such a good song in terms of that. Oh, she's it's like a coming of age kind of she getting is. to know yourself. I should know myself at this age, and then G Dragon comes on and says, yeah. oh, "I'm 30, and I don't even know." You know yeah. what I mean? But it's like a, it's growth. It's about growth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so basically Palace's is a song about being 25 and one yeah. of the, the lyrics that that's most caught me was uh, I'm not 20, I'm not 30, I'm 25. It's like like you're young, you're not like old, like not old, like traditional, what people think. Like 30, by the time you're 30, people think you should know everything, you know. Uh, but she's stuck in the middle. She's 25, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, it's Literally, such a good song. And it's, it's such a refreshing um, song because, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously on the 30 side of things. <laughs> um, but looking back on it, it, it does make me reflect. It's another nostalgic kind of um, song for, yeah. for our scene, right? It, it, it was released in 2017. So, like, 10 years after Into the New World. <laughs> so it's a really good, yeah. a very good connection there. Yes. I didn't realize it. Um, yeah, it's such a good song about growth. 
about being stuck in the middle, but also just being there, like just being present where you are and accepting that this is what your life is, you know, yeah. like, like embracing it, I guess. Um, exactly. That's the song I wanted to finish off with, just for us, because I know we both like that. You. Yeah. Oh, that's a really <laughs> good one. I'm so happy that you chose that one. Um. So yeah, thank you so much, Fine. So excited to have you again one day. Yeah, thank you, Malo Alpito. Thank you, Arena, and take care, sis. Can't wait to see you again. to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.